Welcome into another episode of the TBJ Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jackson. And I'm Tucker. And today we will be doing our week five recap, and then we'll talk about some of the waiver wire and drop candidates from this week. Now we do our week five recap, starting out with the Thursday night game, Rams 26, Seahawks 17, and uh, I mean, Matthew Stafford finally starting to hook up with uh, Robert Woods. Robert Woods had a Nice debut to the 2021 season, as you could say. <laughs> 12 receptions, 150 yards. I mean, led the Rams in receiving yards. I mean, Cooper Cup had decent amount of yardage and receptions too. But yeah, Cooper or Robert Woods finally starting to get a hang of the offense maybe, or maybe they're just starting to work him in a bit more. Who yeah, knows? I watched that game and it looked like they were only targeting Robert Woods. It didn't really look like they were trying to target anybody else. That's good that you realize. I mean, I wasn't able to watch that game. So, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I was watching it and like, it seemed like every throw... Robert Woods. Yeah, Robert I wonder Woods. how many targets he has. I guess I just looked at the reception. I mean, he has half of the completions Stafford have almost. So I mean, yeah, I suppose twelve of the twenty-five. Yeah, didn't quite. Yeah, put the numbers together there. But yeah, I mean, Matthew or uh, Matthew Sean McVay had said last week too. Uh, they want to get Robert Woods involved a little bit more in the offense. I mean, I was just kind of thinking that it's not going to happen. Robert Woods hasn't been having a great connection with Stafford. I benched him in one of my leagues. Still ended up getting the win in that league. Thank God. But, I mean, yeah, 27 points in a standard PPR league. I mean, great. That's a very good week. Yeah, it's a great week. Without a touchdown, even. Yeah, without a touchdown. So, yeah, hopefully he gets some touchdowns work in there, too, and keeps up the receptions. I mean, Robert Woods has been a fantastic fantasy wide receiver for how long now? And, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just great to see that he's finally starting to get into the rhythm there for the Rams and Matt Stafford. Yeah, it was a weird game, but, yeah, it's good to see that he got his points. Yeah, he definitely did. Uh I mean, and then now the major news probably coming from this game, Russell Wilson ruptured a tendon in his right middle finger. Doctors say he has a realistic shot to be back in about four weeks. So, I mean, good news for the Seahawks or and the Russell Wilson fantasy owners out yeah. there. Only four weeks, maybe. I guess it could be more, could be. I mean, probably won't be less yeah, than that. Yeah, I can't see it being any less. His finger looked pretty bad. I was going to say, yeah, I didn't see the picture i mean i've just kind of stayed away i heard it looked it was, really it, bad it was weird he kept trying to like pull it forward and like it just wouldn't move it was like curled i don't know it was weird yes yeah, just yeah I, I heard about it i'm like i don't even want to look at it like <laughs> that just sounds awful and yeah i didn't want to look at it but yeah bad news for the seahawks and russell wilson but geno smith came in to the game 10 for 17 131 yards through a touchdown to dk metcalf yeah he looked pretty good he looked electric when he got in there i mean right away he was playing well until he threw the pick to pretty much seal the game. But, yeah, he looked actually pretty good, I thought. I mean, yeah, he was a former first-round pick, right? I mean, I think so, yeah. The Jets back in, I want to say it was that, like, 2013 draft class where it was just, like, EJ Manuel got drafted, too. might have been Christian Ponder. I don't even remember. But long time ago. Yeah, very long. Yeah, Geno Smith, yeah, hasn't. I mean, didn't didn't start well NFL career. Yeah, he's maybe, been a journeyman, pretty much. Maybe he can find a spot as a backup for the Seahawks. And, I mean... Four games, that's just the perfect amount of time for him to do decently good and then remain a backup, you know? I mean, yeah. he has a couple of nice games. I mean, two out of those four games, if they're decent, I mean, might have himself a backup job for the rest of his life. Yep. So, uh, Next game, we have the Jets at, or not at Falcons, Jets 20, Falcons 27 in London. We had that 8.30 o'clock in the morning game. Uh, I mean, Falcons won that one pretty convincingly. Jets had a pretty good comeback there for a little bit. I mean, where were they up like seventeen to zero or something? The Falcons, something like that, yeah, yeah, pretty was, good uh, pretty advantage, good, uh-huh. and then 
Jets come back, look pretty good. I mean, Zach Wilson didn't have a touchdown on the game. 19 completions, 190 yards, interception. So, I mean... Falcons got their first interception of the year. Yeah, they definitely did. And, uh, I mean, yeah, Zach Wilson, other than that interception, I mean, no touchdowns. I mean, just looks bad. It's just... It's not looking good. Maybe it's the jet lag. Maybe you can blame it on that. But, I don't know. Just Falcons defense just was not... It is not very good. I didn't so. watch this game, but I feel like it wouldn't have been a very fun one to watch. No, yeah, I was not up. Unless you're a Kyle Pitts owner because he had a pretty good day. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Pitts, his debut to the NFL season right there. I mean, he had decent so far throughout the season. I mean, not very impressive, but this game, nine receptions, 119 yards and a touchdown. I mean, yeah, I woke up and I saw that he had like 20-some points. And I'm like, holy crap, Kyle Pitts finally going off. I mean, I projected him to have a really good season, and I mean... They didn't have Calvin Ridley, didn't have Russell Gage. They didn't make the trip with them. So, I mean, Matt, or Matt Ryan very heavily relied on the tight ends this game. I mean, even Hayden Hurst, I think, had 10 points in fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe it's yeah, just... With the two, yeah, two wide receivers going down. With the two wide receivers going down, maybe it's just the game plan for this game. But, again, I mean, you got the win against a decent Jets passing defense. I mean, they had two touchdowns allowed on the season. Yep. So, I mean, they allowed two more this game to Matt Ryan and... Yeah, if they maybe they got a game plan here for designing Matt Ryan to throw more intermediate passes to the tight ends, get mm-hmm. the offense going, use the run game. I mean, Cordell Patterson had 14 carries, 54 yards, along with seven receptions and 60 yards, 18 fantasy points. So, I mean, the Cordell Patterson train just keeps rolling. Yeah, I that's mean, another good week fantasy-wise. It really is. I mean, 18 points is is really good for a running back mm-hmm. and. I mean, not really good. Such I guess a lower, 30, 30 points. Yeah, for a lower RB2 waiver yeah. wire pickup. Flex option. Because, exactly. I mean, maybe now he's up to the RB2 just because he's been playing so well. But beginning of the season, he was hardly even consideration he's, for a flex. Yeah, he's probably in most people's flex mm-hmm. if they didn't have a major running back injury like Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook, those guys. Um, but, I mean, Cordell Patterson has just been having a phenomenal season. And, yeah. He's keeping it up. So, I mean, it's just it's amazing to see. I mean, Mike Davis had, I think he had about 10 points on the on the, on the the week as well. It's just... Uh, yeah, just another poor week. Next game, we have the Patriots 25, Texans 22. I mean, for a bit there, I thought the Texans were going to win this game. I did too, yeah. It looked like they were ahead the whole game. Yeah, they. I think they were. I mean, it was a very close game until I think there was like a, a botched fake punt that wasn't a fake punt that they punted off the back of their offensive lineman's helmet. Just changed the momentum of the game. <laughs> and yeah, it was just, it was like the Texans were like, oh, we're winning? This isn't right. We got to change this. But, I mean, Mac Jones, 23 of 30, 230 yards, one touchdown, one interception. I mean, that's the most mediocre day of any quarterback ever. I mean, averaging 10 yards of completion, one touchdown, one interception. I mean, decent for a rookie quarterback there, game manager. Could be worse. Yeah. And then, I mean, Damian Harris, I mean, he's pretty much the only other notable fantasy player on this offense right now. I mean, maybe Jacoby Myers, Hunter Henry now. But uh, Damian Harris, 14 carries, 58 yards, and a touchdown. But... Injured on the game, not quite sure what the injury is, but we'll just know as the week progresses. So just you hate to see those injuries. Yeah, and then I mean for the Texans, Davis Mills, actually a pretty good game there. I mean three tu- three hundred yards, three touchdowns. I mean that I was thinking he was gonna throw four picks like he did last week. Yeah, get negative four points. Yeah, but I mean Davis Mills, three touchdowns, only the second rookie quarterback to ever do it against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Only other one, Russell Wilson. Really? Well, in his rookie season, I should say. Yep, yep. Yeah. 
They're Russell Wilson. So, I mean, good company there for Davis Mills. I would say so. Maybe a shining light for the Texans. Yeah. So, who knows how that will go. But, I mean, and another shining light possibly, I mean, Chris Moore, whoever that is, led the Texans in receiving yards, had a really good catch on the sideline, and then ran it in for a touchdown. Just a great play overall. Five receptions, 100, 109 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, not quite sure what the fantasy relevance, relevancy is there, considering I don't know who that man is before this <laughs> week. So, I mean... Who knows? I guess just something to keep your eye on, really. Yeah. Uh, maybe we see him again next week. Maybe. Next game, we have Lions 17, Vikings 19. And I just want to start off by saying, I thought the Lions had won this game. Uh, I mean, the Lions kicked that, or get the touchdown late, two-point conversion, go up 17-16, and I completely missed the Vikings going down the field and kicking that field goal to win it. But, I mean, they did it. Kirk Cousins looked good in the end of the game there. I mean, 25 for 34, 275 yards, one touchdown, one interception. I mean, decent game for Kirk Cousins there. I mean, yep. and then, I mean, Alexander Madison filling in for Dalvin Cook yet again. Another good day. Amazing day. I mean, 23 or 25 carries, 113 yards, along with seven receptions, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Like, it's a great day for a running back. Very so, good. I mean, considering he's a backup, like, I don't know if the Vikings need to ship Dalvin Cook off or trade madison while the i don't know it's like they have two rb1s yeah it's ridiculous it really is and yeah they both have guys that can be three down backs and Mm -hmm. who knows how they do how they go forward with that maybe they just keep them both i mean just like not quite the same setup but i mean the lions with jamal williams uh deandre swift i mean both of them 10 plus carries but 100 yards so i mean combined they're probably about what alexander madison is (laughs) so yeah um but yeah i mean again not a very good game overall i mean low scoring game vikings yeah. uh didn't look the greatest yeah i mean uh, justin jefferson and alexander madison just two shining light bright lights for that uh vikings team both just young stars i think in the making yeah definitely next game we have the eagles at or the eagles at panthers i believe is what it was yeah bit my of an sheet. upset yeah my sheet kind of went away from that sorry all right yeah eagles 21 panthers 18 yeah what well, it was a very close game i mean jalen hurts was just awful passing the ball but ended up with two rushing touchdowns on nine carries and 30 yards but he had only 198 passing yards one interception so i mean he almost lost them this game if it didn't if it wasn't for his rushing i mean they wouldn't have won this game so i mean again shining light for the eagles and jalen hurts i mean maybe he can keep that offense going even when it's not very good with miles sanders having 11 carries for 45 yards I mean, he had 10 fantasy points this week. First time over 10 points since week one. I just uh, it's like pretty poor. It's very poor for those who drafted Miles Sanders. What fourth, fifth round like I did. I mean, if not higher, he was a highly drafted running back. So just sad news there. I mean, he just I mean, not sad news because he's not injured, but he's just not doing good. So yeah. that's sad. <laughs> and then, I mean, Sam Darnold, there's his uh, comeback to reality game yeah. there. I mean. Three interceptions on the day, only 177 yards and a touchdown. It just wasn't good for Sam Darnold. No, not at all. Just like just a flashback to his Jets days. He's probably seeing ghosts out there again. Just didn't want to say it. But then, I mean, another shining light: Chuba Hubbard or Chuba Chuba uh, again, with the mispronunciation. But Chuba Hubbard, 24 carries, 101 yards, five receptions for 33 yards. So it'll be interesting to see how they do those two uh, with or. Chuba and Christian McCaffrey once Christian McCaffrey comes back because I mean it was looking like he was going to be back this week at one yeah. point I mean he was he was uh questionable to play he was projected like 20 some 27 points or whatever 
and then went to doubtful and went out whatever so i mean maybe he's back this week i mean it's looking good for him being back this week if we thought he'd be back last week yeah but then i mean you just have chuba going out here and having 24 carries for 100 yards it makes you wonder how they're gonna if they're gonna use them after no, Christian McCaffrey i can't comes see back. them using anybody besides mccaffrey when mccaffrey comes back yeah i mean and maybe they'll watch his workload since he's been so injured the last couple seasons so he might get a little less carries and you might see chuba but I don't know. It's Christian McCaffrey. It'd be it, tough yeah. to take him out of the game. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole yeah argument there. It's Christian McCaffrey. He's yeah. just been a phenomenal running back. I mean, pretty much a wide receiver, too. I mean, he's just been phenomenal in the receiving game. So, yeah, just bet you the, the Panthers just can't wait to have him back to help that offense. So, uh, next game, we have the Saints 33, football team 22. I mean, Jameis Winston having another Jameis Winston day. 15 completions, four touchdowns, 279 yards and an interception, um, 152 of his y- total yards coming on those four touchdowns. So, I mean, over half of it on four passes. Yep. Like, I mean, he had that 51-yard uh, touchdown or 40-some to end the half, and then it was a 72-yard deep bomb to uh, Deontay Harris. And, yeah, I mean, it's just – it's Jameis Winston is just so weird as a quarterback, especially for fantasy purposes. I mean, he had like 29 points on the week or something. I mean, yeah. four touchdowns will do that for you, but it's just 15 completions. And he just, the saints are so back and forth. Like he just doesn't look good in the offense. You know I mean? Jameis Winston's Jameis Winston. I don't know. It's He's just... getting his picks down, I guess. I mean, less <laughs> interceptions. Yeah, that is a very good point. He's getting his interceptions down. And I mean, that's I was saying that at the beginning of the season. If he gets those down, he could be a potential MVP candidate. But I mean, yeah, I don't think so. Anymore. Yeah, not at, not at this point. I don't think in the season. I think that's kind of out of the discussion for Jameis. But I mean, Alvin Kamara has definitely stepped it up. I mean, they went. I mean, they. I think they heard us. We were talking about yep. how he had. They weren't using him in the passing game. Now they finally did. I mean, only five receptions, fifty-one yards, but he got a touchdown. But I think it was like a twenty-yard touchdown or whatever. And then 16 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown on the ground as well. So, I mean... Another Elvin Kamara day. Yep, that is... I mean, yeah, stereotypical Elvin Kamara day. One touchdown rushing, one touchdown receiving, about 20 touches total. It's just... Yeah, he's all over the place. And, yeah, it's just great for those Elvin Kamara owners that he's finally getting back into, into yep. shape. But And and then, I mean, on to the football team. Taylor Heineke starting, again, just like Sam Darnold, kind of a comeback-to-earth game there. Uh 248 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, just wasn't a really good day for the football team and their offense. I mean, Taylor Heineke is just not a great quarterback, I don't think. I mean, I think think he's kind of a step down from Fitzpatrick. Just just a little bit, though, because, I mean, Fitzpatrick wasn't the best quarterback. He'd have his good games. He'd have his bad games, kind of like Taylor Heineke is doing. And, I mean, yeah, it's just it's sad to see. But, I mean, Antonio Gibson... He's starting to put it together. Yeah. Fantasy purpose. I mean, he had 20 points, two touchdowns on the game. So, I mean, that's 12, 12 of those points. points. So, I mean, a lot of it coming from the touchdowns. But he had 20 carries, 60 yards against a tough Saints rushing defense. So, I mean, just it's just a good sign that they're starting to finally use yeah, him more. Yeah, get him the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, just hopeful there. I mean, I'm a Gibson owner in one league. And, yeah, he just hasn't been doing great. So, hopefully, they turn the season around a little bit. Next game, we have the Titans 37, Jaguars 19. Yeah, I had this game completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. I mean, 
I, I was thinking Trevor Lawrence could come out and have a great game. I mean, 273 yards, but one touchdown, one interception. Uh, but I mean, James Robinson had a tremendous game for the offense. He actually had more rushing yards and an, a better average than Derrick Henry did on the day. I mean, it, the defenses are probably a big part of that. Yeah. But I mean, and the amount of carries too. I mean, Derrick Henry, 29 carries versus James Robinson's 18. So I mean, but yeah, Derrick Henry and James Robinson, it was just a rushing battle today. I mean, it combined like 270 yards, four touchdowns between the two on like 40 plus carries. Just ridiculous rushing game yeah. there. I mean, probably one of the most boring games to watch. I mean, it was 37-19, so the score was up there. They were scoring, but still, it's just rushing, rushing, yeah. rushing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I was looking at the stats too, and I, I got a... A question i mean guess the titans leading receiver from this week i mean there's no way you would have got this i mean marcus johnson led the titans in receiving this week i mean last week it was that westbrook inco or whatever chester rogers the week before it has just been an absolute disaster for the titans at wide receiver i mean marcus johnson only had three receptions for 52 yards and he was the leader and he was the leader and i mean aj brown was healthy I don't like at one point I I had I saw AJ Brown catch a pass go towards the end zone almost had it was like ended up like a yard short and I don't think I saw him after that like it just I thought he was hurt like I thought he got hurt on that play he was hit pretty hard so I mean might have been something that they just weren't talking about but I thought he was hurt like it was I was watching the game and I'm like there's no way AJ Brown is actually in like red zone would pop up and be like I don't, there's no A.J. Brown. I don't see A.J. Brown with hmm. the ball. It's just, yeah, he just didn't have a good game. I'm I'm just nervous. I have him in one league, and it's just not, the, the, the passing offense for the Titans just is not there. No, they are clearly, not this year. They are clearly just going to run the ball, run the ball, and run the ball more. Like that I know, is, when you have Derrick Henry, why not? Yeah, I mean, he, again, he's on track for to break the record. I mean, last week we were saying he needed like an average of 117, whatever, yeah. He's at 130, so I mean he's up above that now. I mean, potential record-breaking season for Derrick Henry, but yeah, just a a boring game in general. Just yeah, I, Titans are just not as good as that score indicates, and the Jaguars are just awful in general. So, just not a good game. But next game we have the Dolphins 17, Buccaneers 45. I mean, Jacoby Brissett trying to show uh, his former protege how to do it, or however it is, his former mentor, <laughs> yep. whatever the hell. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Jacoby Reset was the backup uh, in the pay- or in New England for a little bit there, but he had 27 completions, 275 yards. So, I mean, very mediocre day. Two touchdowns, one interception. But then Miles Gaskin kind of blew up on the scene. I mean, he was the leading receiver for the Dolphins a day on 10 receptions, 74 yards, two touchdowns. But for those of you who don't know Miles Gaskin is he's a running back. <laughs> yep. So I mean he had five only five carries for twenty five yards, but I mean, they're playing the Bucks, best run defense in the league. You're clearly not gonna be running the ball against no. them. Yeah. Especially if you have any chance or hope of winning that game. You're gonna have to pass. And I mean the Bucks That's what they tried to do. Yeah, that's what they tried to do. It didn't work very well, but I mean it worked very well for Tom Brady and the Bucks. I mean, Tom fucking Brady, Mr. Ageless, Mr. One I don't like I don't even know how like how like how is he doing this still because he's a machine it just doesn't yeah he must be a robot or something like tom brady 411 yards five touchdowns along with one carry for 13 yards so i mean 13 yards per carry i mean that's a hell of an average but i mean 
400 yards, five touchdowns. First time Tom Brady has ever done that in his career. 400 plus and five touchdowns. Wow. At the age of, what, 43, 44? 44, yeah. God, it's just ridiculous. I mean, he's had the different games where he's had like 370 yards, six touchdowns, 404 touchdowns. But yeah, 405, 400 yards, five touchdowns. First time he ever done it. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. I just don't understand. I mean, he's... He's on pace to be the MVP this season, without oh, a yeah. doubt. Like he's it's playing just out of his mind. Out of his mind. He's the reason the Buccaneers are winning. I mean, their defense is pretty good as well. Pass defense, not so good. But yeah, Tom Brady. I mean, it's gonna be. It's hard to lose when you put up forty-five. I mean, Browns. Yeah. I guess they know how it feels. But uh, we'll get to that later. But yeah, Tom Brady. Just Antonio Brown, seven receptions, one hundred twenty-four yards, two touchdowns. And then Mike Evans, too. Six receptions, 113 yards, two touchdowns for him as well. He's got so many weapons there. And then, I mean, Mike or Chris Godwin had seven receptions for 70 yards. Like, those three are unbelievable. Like, it's just unfair that they were able to sign Antonio Brown in the first place. And, yeah, I mean, Bucks Bucks are going to win it. Like, it's just the Super Bowl, they're going for it. It's just repeat. Yeah, I just don't even know. It's just so ridiculous. Next game, we have the missed field goal party, or as I should say, Packers at Bengals. 25-22, to 22, Packers win. I mean, Mason Crosby had like, what was it, three, four missed field goals? I mean, three missed field goals and a missed point after. Yeah, something like that. He had three, four chances to win the game or yeah, something? Yeah, just an awful game for Packer and Bengals fans all together. I mean, just high tension throughout like eight yeah. minutes of the game it's like oh they're gonna kick the game winning field goal here nope all they're gonna kick the game winning field goal here nope all they're gonna kick the game winning field goal here nope it just it was just so such a roller coaster of excitement that game but i mean yep. aaron Rodgers doing aaron Rodgers things connecting with Devonte adams i mean rogers had 344 yards Devonte had 206 of those yards like it's just ridiculous yeah he's leading the, he's leading the league in receiving yards so far and receptions, I believe. Like it's just he's having a phenomenal season. Yep. And I mean, you can't forget about Aaron Jones too. Fourteen carries, hundred and three yards. And then AJ Dillon, eight carries, thirty yards. And he was second on the Packers in receiving with only forty nine yards. Yep. <laughs> Four receptions for forty nine yards and a touchdown. But yeah, they're just using everyone. And it's I mean, not everyone but the second wide receivers on the Packers offense. I mean, it's Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Devontae Adams, Tanyan. And maybe Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard yeah. in here a little bit. I mean, those guys are just so sp- very sprinkled in or just a little, you know what I mean? They just, just a little bit on top. It's just yeah. one or two receptions for but a couple. When they're important receptions. I know I saw Cobb had a big third down play. Yeah, he had that big third down play. And I mean, yeah, he's just got that connection with Rodgers. He's got the, yeah, Rodgers just is confident. He believes in Cobb. He knows they just know where each other are going to be. You know I mean? you just they have that connection yep. and it just yeah it benefits both of them and yeah it really showed uh but yeah i mean joe burrow too had a pretty good game two touchdowns 281 yards two interceptions though he was taken to the hospital after the game not with that that bad hit that he sustained though i mean it wasn't that it was he was like poked in the throat or something yeah, like something that like it was that. like he was taken to the hospital for like a throat contusion or something because they think he was like poked in the throat or i don't know well we'll find out more as the week progresses but uh i mean jamar chase you can't forget about jamar chase six receptions 159 yards and a touchdown just a phenomenal start to the season for yeah. him 
joins Randy Moss as the only players ages 21 years or younger to, with 400-plus receiving yards and five touchdowns through their first five games of their NFL career. It's a crazy stat. It's a crazy stat. Yeah, Chase is playing good. He's playing very good. And, yeah, for those of you that drafted him, I drafted him in one of my leagues. And it's it's great. Good value, yeah. It's very good value there. And, yeah, I mean, Jamar Chase has just been phenomenal. And hopefully he keeps up. And, yeah, hopefully we see more of this throughout the season. Yep. Next game we have the Broncos 19, Steelers 27. Teddy Bridgewater had a pretty good day there. I mean, 24 completions, 288 yards. So, I mean, more than that 10 average, 10 yards average that he usually has. Uh, I mean, two touchdowns, one interception. But, I mean, majority of the yards went to Cortland Sutton. Seven receptions, 120 yards on a touchdown. I mean, Broncos offense hasn't all been there. I mean, it's pretty much just been Cortland Sutton at this point. Tim Patrick had a decent game as well. But, I mean... Javante Williams, the rookie running back for the Broncos, starting to see a little bit more action than Melvin Gordon is. I mean, not very fantasy relevant, but I mean, he had eight carries for 61 yards, a 7.6 average yards per carry, along with three receptions for 25 yards. So, I mean, I think he was right around 10 fantasy points in PPR leagues. And yeah, I mean, he's just getting more of a workload and I'm loving it because soon enough, I feel like he's going to take off and he's just going to completely replace Melvin Gordon. And yeah, they're going to be really good because of it. And he's going to be a very fantasy relevant guy. I mean, it's just they're just slowly working to it. It's much like uh, the Jets and Michael Carter. Michael Carter starting to take over the offense there, too. So, uh, yeah, it's just interesting to see how the rookie running backs are doing through the five weeks of the season so far. And then, I mean, on to Big Ben. Not quite a rookie running back. <laughs> uh, quarterback, I mean, 15 of 25, 253 yards, two touchdowns. And, I mean, I felt like every time he was getting hit, he, like, would come up, like, shaking something like he was hurt. Like, he just – he hit someone's helmet, too, and it was just – I felt like he got hurt on every single play this game. He's tough. He's a tough guy. I mean, he held in there. They were resilient. They won the game. I mean, their first touchdown coming on another on a deep bomb to Deontay Johnson, just like against Same the Packers. Thing, yeah, the week before. So I was thinking, oh, I'm like, oh, that's that's it. They're not going to score anything else because, I mean, that's what they did the week before, really. No, they actually came out and did the Broncos defense pretty dirty. I mean, Najee Harris, 23 carries, 122 yards, a 5.3 average. That's amazing on 20 carries. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially for a rookie. I mean, he had a touchdown on the ground, too, two receptions, 20 yards. So not quite his receiving numbers that he's used to, but still, they got the win, and he's got a great day on the ground. Yep. I mean, Chase Claypool, too. I mean, Juju Smith, when Schuster went out with a shoulder injury and is expected to miss the rest of the season, but then Chase Claypool comes in. I mean, doesn't come in. They're all starters, really, on that offense, but he had five receptions, 130 yards, and a touchdown. So, I mean, it's looking good for... Chase Claypool in the absence of Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, he's definitely going to get a lot more looks, I think. Yeah, that's going to be yeah, the, that's going to be the case. I mean, Chase Claypool looked good last year as a rookie, and this year, too, has shown some some glimpses of hope. So, I mean, it'll just be interesting to see how that goes with the Steelers' offense. I mean, they had a pretty good opponent in the Broncos' defense, so it'll just be interesting to see how they if they're able to turn it around and get the season back on track. Next game, we have the Bears 20, Raiders 9. I was actually right about this game. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I wasn't right about some of my other ones, like Jets winning or the Jaguars winning or the Browns winning, but you I had this? this one right. <laughs> I mean, 
Bears, they were able to shut down Derek Carr. I mean, Derek Carr, 22 of 35, 206 yards, big fat zero touchdowns, one interception. Uh, I mean, it was a, just a, not a good game by Derek Carr. He had had a tremendous start to the season, but against the Chargers on Monday night, we saw that if you can pressure him, yeah. he falls apart. And we saw that again this week. And the Bears just looked good, too. I mean, I hate saying it. They're passing offense. I mean, they only had 20 attempts. Justin Fields only having 111 yards on 12 completions with one touchdown, though. But the main news here was in the run game. Khalil Herbert, the rookie running back. I don't even know where he's from, to be honest. I didn't do much research on him coming into this episode. But Khalil Herbert, 18 carries, 75 yards. More than Damian Williams, who had 16 carries for 64 yards. He had the touchdown, though. I mean, Damian Harris was the fantasy relevant of the two just because of that touchdown, touchdown yeah. and a little bit of work in the passing game, too. Two receptions for 20 yards. But yeah, Khalil Herbert, 18 carries, 75 yards. We were watching this game, and I was just kept saying, I'm like, what? what? Who is that guy? Why is he out there? Damian Williams is the guy. Why? I mean, I thought he was going to be the replacement to David Montgomery. And then we see Khalil Herbert come in and have more attempts, more carries. It's interesting to see. I mean, Damian Harris was the fantasy relevant guy of the two, but be interesting to see if next week comes and Khalil Herbert's the one with the touchdown and the one with the extra receptions and maybe a touchdown there too. Who knows how that offense will go? But yeah. I mean, yeah, he definitely could be worth a pickup or just a, a watch. Stash, Put him on your watch yeah. list. Yeah. So just keep an eye on him as the season goes on. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Raiders were really just shut down. Their leading receiver, I believe, was Hunter Renfro. Only six receptions for 56 yards. I mean, another 10-plus fantasy point performance for him. So, yeah, uh, yeah just not a very good day by the Raiders. Not they kind all. of were shown that they're not as good as we thought they were. Next game, we have the Browns 42 against the Chargers 47. I mean, that was just a tremendous game overall. I mean, over a 1,000 yards of total offense. And six total touchdowns scored in the fourth quarter. like That's crazy. It is crazy. I, I heard that, and then I was like, there's no way that's true. So, I mean, six touchdowns in 15 minutes of mm -hmm. football. Like, like I mean, that's... I don't even... It's unreal. Yeah, it's just... It's ridiculous is what it is. I mean, Baker Mayfield went 22 of 32... Uh, or 23 of 32, 305 yards, two touchdowns. So, I mean, had a decent game in the passing passing game for baker mayfield i mean i think that might have been because he wasn't really targeting odell beckham i mean at least he didn't have the receptions to show targets if he had them but odell beckham fifth on the team in receptions and receiving two receptions for 20 yards and i mean you have david njoku who just blew up he had a good week one just faded into the background since then but now seven receptions 149 yards and a touchdown i mean the browns are getting it going on offense yeah. i mean passing it but i mean can't forget about the run offense 33 carries 222 yards and three touchdowns by chunt cream hunt nick chubb like that combo that's just ridiculous they're playing well they are playing very well and i mean you can't forget about the the passing game too i mean they had six combined receptions for 37 yards i mean not a lot there but they can get it done in certain weeks yeah, and i mean it's cream, a lot of touches for a duo of yeah, running backs yeah very much so i mean both are I think had 25 fantasy points on the week. And yeah, I mean, for those of you who drafted Kareem Hunt late on, I mean, that is just a gold mine of a pick there. Oh, yeah. and I mean, but yeah, just that is just ridiculous. Number one rush offense in football against one of the lackluster run defenses too. So I was expecting that to just be the main 
point of emphasis, which it was. I mean, they had 220 yards on 33 carries. But yeah, it's just Justin Herbert and the Chargers weren't taking no for an answer. I mean, Herbert, 26 of 34 or 43, 398 yards, four touchdowns, while also having four carries, 29 yards and a rushing touchdown as well. So five total touchdowns for Herbert. I mean, Eckler too. I mean, Eckler had two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown as well. Mike Evans, amazing day there. Eight receptions, 165 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. The Chargers offense is just ridiculous at yeah, this point. They like, look good. They look very good. And yeah, I just, I was thinking the Browns would have been able to stop them, slow them down a little bit, but no, 47 points and over 500 yards of offense, I think it was, is just ridiculous. Chargers, clearly one of the better teams in the NFL. I mean, I was really thinking the Browns are going to win this game and they were going to able to just kind of put the Chargers in their place. Yeah. But no, shut them down. Chargers put the Browns in their place. I mean, they showed Browns don't really have a great defense. And yeah, they do. I just think it was just a, it was just one of those games where it's just weird. Just both defenses didn't play up to what they usually play and just a lot of points scored. Yeah. It just shows that there's holes though. in those, yeah. so it shows that they can be attacked and that they can let, let up a lot of points. But yeah, it's just like that. Uh, was it Rams chiefs game a couple years back where it was like 50 to 50 something too. Yep. And yeah. A bunch of turnovers. Yeah. Just amazing game. Just probably one of the games that'll go down in history as one of the best ever. I mean, in week five of the NFL season two, just amazing game overall, but Chargers win that one, show that they're probably one of the better teams in the NFL. Next game, we have the Giants 20, Cowboys 44. This game, just a bad day for the Giants. I mean, Daniel Daniel Jones only completes five passes before leaving the game with the concussion. He is in concussion protocol right now, and it is unsure if he'll play next week, but... Um, injury to Daniel Jones, enter Mike Glennon. <laughs> I mean, haven't heard that name in a long while, yeah. but I mean, 16 of 25, 198, 196 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions for Mike Glennon. I mean, it just, it's Mike Glennon. Yeah. He's, he's just a backup. A backup. He's, yeah. yeah. He's just a backup. He's a backup for a reason. And yeah, I mean, the main point here though, Kadarius Tony. 10 receptions, 189 yards before getting ejected for punching the opponent. Like, he punched a dude that was wearing a helmet. Like, how dumb can you be? But, I mean, it's a very uh, bright light there for the the Giants in their offense. I mean, the Giants, they lost Kenny Galli, too, on the day. He has a knee injury. He'll be out for a little bit. I mean, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slay, all three of those guys were out this game uh-huh. and yeah it just showed or just let room for Kadarius Tony to shine and god he really did he looked amazing out there I, I saw some of the plays he had just on red zone pop up and he'd just have like a little like uh hitch route and he just would make guys miss catch a screen he just makes guys miss he's really fast so I mean I got him as a waiver wire we'll talk about him in the waiver wire candidates but yeah just someone you really want to keep your eye on especially with all the injuries I mean, not so much of the quarterback. I mean, Daniel Jones comes back very much so. I mean, or even Mike Glennon could rely very heavily on Kadarius Toney. So could see a lot of work there from him in the coming weeks. But the main news here from this game, Saquon Barkley got two carries before stepping on another player's foot and spraining his own ankle. Yep. It was just awful to see. We saw I saw that replay, I feel like, 50 times on Sunday. It was just him walking like going through is just like the end of a play and he just steps on the cowboy's ankle rolls it real bad the picture of that was just yeah, it awful looked painful very painful very swollen he was seen on crutches afterwards 
it's just not good for the Giants. I mean, those three, I mean, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, Kenny Galladay, all leaving the same game with injuries. Yeah. Just not good. And especially, I mean, the Sa- news with Saquon, too, he's, he's battled the ankle injuries in the past. So it's very unfortunate to see that. But then we got Dallas Cowboys looking like the Cow- Dallas Cowboys this year. I mean, Dak Prescott, 22 of 32, 302 yards, three touchdowns, interception on the day. And then you got Ellard, Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott. Yep. 35 carries, 185 yards, one touchdown, and then another receiving touchdown on six receptions. I mean, those two, just like uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, one of the better running back duos in the league. I mean, I feel like Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison could be that too if they worked them together. But Yeah, even separately, that almost seems like they'd be just as good. Yeah, but I mean, those two, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, looking fantastic so far this season that running back duo just i mean Dak prescott and the cowboys they can throw the ball and just destroy anyone but and then they can also run the ball all over you too it just pick your poison on which one you want to defend but then on the other side too i mean you got trayvon diggs stefan diggs brother right i believe i think so uh one interception on sunday making that six interceptions through five games on the season fucking ridiculous yeah i mean crazy he's i mean he's the mvp through five games that's without a doubt i mean if you say i mean tom brady obviously has had a phenomenal season but you don't see six interceptions through five games you see that in a season you see that in a yeah you see that in a season and i actually wish i would have gone back and looked at last year's interception leader because i'm guessing they probably had seven eight interceptions if that yeah. yeah if that and i mean He's on pace for, what, like 20-plus interceptions. It's ridiculous. Obviously, he's not going to get that. I mean, I say obviously. Maybe he just blows up and does it. I mean, it's ridiculous what he's doing. I know I heard a, or saw a thing about how he cried when Nick Saban moved him from wide receiver to cornerback at when he was in at Alabama. He, he cried and was like, why are you doing this? Saban was like, just trust me. You'll be better off. Yep. If, <laughs> it's really turned out. I mean, he's yeah, I'd say. clearly, I mean, if he's not the best cornerback in the league now, he is one of the best in the league right now. Mm-hmm. At least one of the best ball hawks. And I mean, we haven't seen anything like this in a long time. I mean, Dick Knight Train Lane had 14 interceptions in 12 games, which that's crazy in its own mind, too. Yep. I mean, that was in 1952. That was Dick Knight Train Lane's rookie season, 1952. He had 14 interceptions. That's the most we've had in a, in a, a, season. In a season. So, I mean, that was... 60 years ago 70 yeah Seven, or, 69 years ago yeah. yeah 70 yeah oh my god like that's just ridiculous and i mean i would just love to see trayvon Diggs keep this up break that record because i mean that's the one thing i feel like we've been seeing in the nfl is just there has there's not a lot of interceptions by defensive players i mean there are but just not a lot by one player you know yeah. you a lot of the good cornerbacks just like bat passes down they have a lot of pass defenses good passer rating against them completion yep. percentage yada 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 the numbers could go on for statistics for cornerbacks or whatever but just interceptions plain and simple just shows you they're the best so yep. i mean trayvon Diggs just looking phenomenal next game we have the 49ers and cardinals 49ers win uh 10 to 17 i mean a lot closer than I was thinking this game was going to be. Cardinals had just looked fantastic. But, I mean, Trey Lance came out, had a decent game. 192 yards of interception passing, but led the 49ers in rushing. 16 carries, 189, or 100, 
89 yards, only 89 yards. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, not a great day by a quarterback. I mean, good rushing numbers there, but just the 49ers got to get the run game going for the running backs. I mean, yeah. you can't have your quarterback have more carries than your first running back does. Right. Well, That's just Lamar Jackson, but I, yeah, I suppose, but still it's just, it doesn't make sense when you have Elijah Mitchell with nine carries for 43 yards and you have your quarterback taking 16 carries for 89. I mean, I guess, yeah, he, if you can get the yardage, let him do it, but yep. you, you just don't, I would hate to, you'd hate to see an injury to him. It's just, you, you're just opening that up for injuries and I hate to see that, but on the other side, Kyler Murray didn't have quite a rushing day that uh, Trey Lance did. Only seven carries for one yard, but he had 239 yards passing, one touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins getting somewhat back to normal. Uh, six receptions, 87 yards, and a touchdown. Then we have Rondale Moore just showing up again. I mean, we've kind of been uh, down on Rondale Moore the last couple weeks. I mean, since his 20-plus performance in uh, week two, I think it was, or whatever. But he had five receptions, 59 yards. But three carries for 38 yards, leading the Cardinals in rushing on really? 38 yards. Yeah. I, I saw that. Not stat. a good day. Yeah, not a good day for the Cardinals. Clearly, they just couldn't get the offense going, and the 49ers kind of stopped them. But Cardinals still come out, come out on top anyway. So next game, and probably the best game of the week. I mean, other than Browns Chargers, but Bills Chiefs. I mean, the most hyped up game so far this season, I would say, probably. If yeah. it wasn't Tom Brady going home to... The Patriots last week but Josh Allen coming out only throwing the ball 26 times but still having 315 yards on 15 completions three touchdowns while also having 11 carries for 59 yards and a touchdown leading the Bills in rushing I mean not a surprise yeah not a surprise there just they came out and it just looked from the beginning they had like three rushes with him in like the first quarter and yeah it just they set the set the tempo right then and there but, I mean, there was that rain delay that caused a little bit of a disruption, but still didn't, didn't affect the Bills whatsoever. I mean, Dawson Knox was the leading receiver. Three receptions, 117 yards on a touchdown. Finally, we're right about one waiver wire pickup. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Dalton, not, or Dalton Schultz, Schultz, too. Yeah. He also had a pretty good game. Not quite this game that Dawson Knox did, but... Still a good game for a tight end. Yeah. And, I mean, one thing I noticed looking at this game, too, is no receiver for the Bills had more then three receptions there's a bunch of them that just had three mm -hmm. yeah it just shows they're spreading the ball out and i mean same goes with the the chiefs and patrick home patrick mahomes too i mean there were 10 players on the chiefs with at least one reception and i mean patrick mahomes 33 completions that's probably going to happen but i mean 272 yards two touchdowns two interceptions and he led the chiefs in rushing as well i mean 61 yards on eight carries uh i mean it's just those interceptions that was the big thing i mean he had that pick six to start the the third quarter and then he had another pick in the red zone too i mean that was that was purely based on the defensive lineman's play there i mean gregory russo i believe his name was rookie made just like tip the ball at the line caught it intercepted it while they were in the red zone so i mean those two big plays right there really changed the whole momentum of the game and just pretty much shut the chiefs down from i mean they get those uh two touchdowns right there i mean it's 34 38 who yeah. knows how the game goes? I mean, and one of them was a pick six too. So I mean, 31-34. I mean, Chiefs are winning then, you know. Yep. Who knows how that game goes if Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw any interceptions? But I mean, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, seven carries, thirteen yards before spraining his MCL. He will be out a few weeks, so that's just sad to hear. But enter Daryl Williams, eight carries, twenty-seven yards, three receptions, eighteen yards. Not a fantasy day there, but. No. 
all I mean, we expect him probably to be the leading rusher on the Chiefs offense after or while Clyde Edwards Hilaire is out. So it'll just be interesting to see if they use Jarek McKinnon more or if they just go to Daryl Williams, but who knows how that goes. I mean the Chiefs are a passing offense anyway, so Yeah. Clyde Edwards Hilaire really hasn't had all that much of a fantasy relevant season so far. I mean he had like one hundred plus performance, I think. Hasn't done too well, but... Uh, not the greatest at all. I have him in a league, and he's just not performing very well. Yeah. And then, I mean, just a slow day for the Chiefs. Wide receivers as well. I mean, Nicole Hardman led the Chiefs in receiving. Nine receptions for 78 yards. I mean, usually you see Tyreek up there with 100-plus, 10 receptions, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Travis but Kelsey, too. Yeah, Nicole Hard... Or, yeah, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey were both shut down, pretty much, by the Bills' defense. And, yeah, just shows you the Bills are probably the best team in the AFC right now. I mean... After this week, I mean, clearly, Bills beat the Chiefs, Chargers beat the Bill or Browns, Browns beat the Chiefs. You know, I mean, it's kind of like a those four teams are probably sitting on top of the AFC. I'd say. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you, the Ravens too. I mean, can't forget about them. They're probably gonna always be up there too. But yeah, Browns, Chargers, Bills, Chiefs, probably the four best teams in the AFC, and they all played against one or one or another. You know, and. Yeah, I'd say it's Bills Chargers right now at this point. I mean, obviously both of those are the teams that won this week, but yeah. both of those teams looked amazing. Yeah, they looked really good. It looked really good, and yeah, it's just Bills. Yeah, I, no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, you know. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I expect the Bills to probably win the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know. I I just really love Josh Allen, and that defense is really starting to put it together now. And yeah, it's just really exciting. I think dude. if they get Stefan Diggs involved more too they can be even better because he hasn't played hardly at all that's a very good point yes Stephon Diggs has had a very lackluster season so far for being drafted in the second round as a wide receiver even the first yeah but yeah I mean they get yeah they get him going they keep Dawson Knox rolling Emmanuel Sanders keeps going Cole Beasley gets worked in that offense is just ridiculous and yeah I mean you could probably say the same thing about the Chiefs too Patrick Mahomes Tyree Kill Kelsey, Gordon, Hardman. Yeah, but I think the Bills' defense is uh, a little bit better. Uh, very much so. Yeah. So I mean, that I mean, yeah, that's it for our Week Five recap. All right. So here we have our Week Five waiver wire candidates. I mean, starting off quarterbacks. Not many. A lot of not many quarterbacks this week. Yeah, I know. We've already gone over a lot of them, and they're starting to get rostered more and more. And they're, Well, it's not even that. It's that those guys that we talked about kind of aren't doing too well now. I mean, past waiver wire candidates, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Taylor Heineke. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Tyrod Taylor. I mean, yeah, those guys, yeah. Some not, aren't playing, and this some week, had some very bad weeks. Yeah, I think, I mean, thinking about it, I think every single one of those players that we just named were under 10 points this week in fantasy so i mean yeah i mean injuries are part to do with that so but Jameis winston he's my guy this week i mean talked about him week one and haven't talked about him really since then but he's rostered in 23.7 percent of leagues had 29 points on the week 270 yards four touchdowns one interception one fumble so i mean he's got the turnovers there that he needs to work on but still you take those away that's a 30 plus point performance that's yeah. really good but they have a bye week this week, but then after the bye week, they have at Seahawks, versus Bucks, versus Falcons, and then at Titans. Some very good matchups. Those are very, yeah, four very good matchups, four bad defense. I mean, Seahawks, obviously, we know what the Seahawks are. Buccaneers, one of the worst in the league. 
Falcons too. I mean, they put up a pretty good fight against uh, Zach Wilson in London, but yeah, it, and then the Titans. I mean, they let up their first win to Zach Wilson. I mean, they shut down Trevor Lawrence, decent, but yeah, Jameis Winston. I think he's better than those guys, so I think he's a potential waiver wire. I mean, you don't need to pick him up this week. He's on a buy. Yeah. He's on a buy. Yeah, he's not going to be playing but yeah, this week. Definitely some good matchups in his favor. He could have. I mean, not necessarily a thirty-point week every week, but. Some 20-point weeks. Yeah, especially against those those teams. I mean, revenge game against the Bucks too. I mean, he was drafted by the Bucks. They got rid of him, and yeah, he's probably going to be up for some vengeance. So, I mean, just something to keep your eye on there moving forward. Not really a waiver wire pickup this week, but just something to keep your eye on. Next, the running backs. Um, I mean, the main one here, I'd say Devontae Booker. I mean, Saquon Barkley got hurt this week. He'll be out for a little bit of time, and I mean... So is Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, all injured in some form or another. And so, I mean, yeah, they're just not really going to be passing the ball probably all that much. Yeah. Probably going to be running it a bit more. But, I mean, Devontae, Somebody's got to get the ball in the offense. Exactly. That's my point exactly. I mean, Kadarius Toney, still out there, still available. Talk about him in a couple minutes. But Devontae Booker, only rostered in 3.8% of leagues, will be the starter now, obviously, if Saquon is out, which he will be for couple or a couple weeks or whatever but he had 16 carries 42 yards one touchdown also having three receptions four targets 16 yards and a touchdown receiving 20 fantasy points on the day not a bad day that's damn good for a running back that just popped in for an injured saquon barkley so i mean it's showing that the running backs are going to get work in the offense no matter what so i mean Devontae booker probably the number one waiver wire pickup this week Next, we got Khalil Herbert, rostered in 4.7% of leagues. He had 18 carries, 75 yards, and 7 fantasy points. Yeah, I mean, he's really not the fantasy-relevant guy there. I mean, Damian Williams had a touchdown, more fantasy points. I think Damian Williams had twice as much fantasy points, 14 to uh, Khalil Herbert's 7. But, I mean, Herbert had more rushing attempts and more rushing yards than Damian Williams. So, I mean, I think that... He's a rookie running back, too, so, I mean... Maybe just, they'll play him more. I mean, yeah, upside there. I mean, complete upside. I mean, I didn't really know who this guy was before the season started, or before this game even started, I should say. I mean, I think I saw his name pop up at one point during the preseason when I was doing some research, but, I mean, Khalil Herbert, yeah, 18 carries for a running back. I mean, Damian Williams had, like, 15 or so or whatever, but that's 18 for a running back, 75 yards, and the Bears are a running team. They've oh, shown yeah, that. Definitely. David Montgomery, with even though he's out, they're going to continue to run the ball. They're going to pound it down their throats. I yep. mean, I'm guessing Khalil Herbert and Damian Williams will both be used in this offense in the coming weeks while Mon- or, uh, David Montgomery is out. But, I mean, it'll probably be back and forth on who's going to get the touchdown. Probably be Damian Williams this week like it was, and then next week it'll be Herbert, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, It'll just be interesting to see how that dynamic goes forward. Another... Um, running back waiver wire candidate Daryl Williams rostered in, only rostered in 7.6% of leagues he only had 5 carries for 27 yards averaging 5.4 yards per carry though which is pretty good only 6 fantasy points but Clyde Edwards sprained his MCL this past week and yeah he's going to be out for a couple weeks I think so I mean Daryl Williams should move in take that spot as the leading rusher for the Chiefs I mean it's not going to be Jarek McKinnon We've seen him get work, but he's not going to be the guy that takes yeah, over the carries. Be, yeah. 
So, I mean, yeah, Daryl Williams, definitely a waiver wire candidate this week, especially if Clyde edwards helaire is out for a decent amount of time. Now for the wide receivers, I mean, number one guy for me this week, I mean, I wouldn't have thrown the other two guys in. I mean, based on, okay, I'm doing a bad time of explaining myself right now. My mind's all over the place. Kadarius Toney, wide receiver for the Giants. He's pretty much my only waiver wire wide receiver this week. The other two guys have been doing all right and kind of have my questions there. But Kadarius Toney, 10 receptions, 13 targets, 189 yards, and 28 fantasy points on the week. I mean, last week was this first probably relevant game so far this season the Giants haven't really used him but last week he had six receptions nine targets 78 yards so I mean those numbers they're just going up obviously they're going to cap at some point they're not just going to keep going up forever but I mean 10 receptions 13 targets I mean you got Galladay out you got Sterling Shepard out you got Darius Slayton out I mean not sure how long Shepard and Slayton will be out but Galladay just got injured this week and it's not looking good. It's a knee injury, looking like he's going to miss a couple weeks, maybe even a month or two. Not quite sure how that goes. We'll talk about that in the next episode once we get more news. But yeah, Kadarius Tony, first round pick in this past draft. I mean, he just looked amazing out there. He's having, he'd catch screen passes and was just dynamic in the backfield. And he's just a dy- dynamic runner after the catch. Yeah, just, I'm excited to see how they, how this guy goes throughout, or, the rest of the season if they keep using him I mean he only rostered in 12.2 percent of leagues I mean he did get ejected for punching a dude in the face so yep there's there's some uh, character issues there probably character question marks so I mean not quite sure how that will go moving forward on the season but he's a good fantasy wide receiver at least he was this past week and with the wide receivers out I yeah. expect him to get some more work so definitely the number one waiver wire wide receiver this week Next waiver wire wide receiver waiver wire wide receiver. Uh, that's a tongue twister right there. <laughs> Hunter Renfro. I mean, he's rostered in fifty five point two percent of leagues, and I mean, he's not the most stellar wide receiver in the world. Yeah, he's not too flashy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great way to put. It. He's not the flashiest wide receiver in the world, but he has ten plus fantasy points in every single game this season. I mean, you get that on your team, that's that's solid. Even, yeah. I mean, it's it's a low amount of points, but that's a solid flex option to have. You're getting 10 points from this guy every week. That's solid to have. I mean, the most he scored is 18 points. So, I mean, the, my only concern is at some point he's got to stumble, right? I mean, yeah. you can't have, I mean, 10 plus points every single, or I mean, exactly the same stat line every single game. I mean, it ranges from 18 to 10 points in these five games, and... It's just pretty much the same stat line from everyone, like five receptions, six receptions, 50 yards. Like, it's just all right around there. Maybe a touchdown here where he gets up to 18. But it's just, he's just not having the best season, but he's having a decent one. I think he's a top 30 wide receiver, averaging 10 points a game at least. So, I mean, he'd just be a guy if you have Kenny Galladay who just got hurt, or if you just need to replace a wide receiver that's injured or just not doing well. Hunter Renfro could be your guy there. Then the next wide receiver on my waiver wire list, Emmanuel Sanders. Again, I'm kind of iffy on him. He's rostered in 60% of leagues. I mean, he had five targets this past week and two touchdowns, 20 points. I mean, it's the whole two touchdowns is what's giving him fantasy relevancy this year. But he has five plus targets in every game. So, I mean, it's the consistent targets there. Yeah, Josh Allen's looking his way. Yeah, and I mean those five targets could end up with one reception 
or three receptions like we see here or five other games like it's just you don't quite know i mean especially with that bills offense you're gonna get dawson knox in there stefan Diggs hasn't been working out that well i mean he's been doing all right but i mean just emmanuel sanders has been catching the touchdowns it seems like those two touchdown games the other two two touchdown games now and yeah it's just, that's why he's on our wire. I mean, yeah, that's why. I mean, he's got the, he's getting the touchdowns. He's getting the touchdown looks from uh, Josh Allen. And yeah, I mean, if a quarterback is favoring you in the end zone or towards the end, if you're able to get open and he sees you, I mean, that could be a great connection this season. So, but yeah, I just the three receptions, two touchdowns. That's the one part where I'm like, I don't quite know if this could be a reliable option, which I don't think he is. But if you are struggling in the wide receiver area on your team he could be worth a pick yeah definitely something to look at yeah next the tight ends um again like we said in pretty much every waiver wire episode tight ends it's like just so up and down and i was actually looking at it this past week and there was like the number of tight ends that had scored like 10 plus points this week there was quite a few of them but there was really only a couple that are actually rostered in leagues. Like Kelsey didn't do all that well, but he had a, over 10 points. Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox now too. But like Darren Waller, Mike Kosicki, those guys kind of dropped off. And obviously George Kittle, Logan Thomas, they're both injured. Tanyan hasn't been doing that well. It's just the tight ends have been just very lackluster this year. So it's really wherever you can find a guy, yeah. go out and get him. Find a good matchup. Yeah, exactly. So, but my... Not even my number one tight end, I'd say. I mean, one of my tight end waiver wire candidates, Ricky Seals-Jones, rostered in only 0.9% of leagues. He only had nine points this past week, but eight targets, and he's the backup to Logan Thomas, who is on IR now for at least three weeks or whatever. I'm not quite sure of the, the length or the severity of the injury, but he's the backup, and he's 6'5". He's a big dude, uh, and obviously eight targets is nothing to fret with, so yeah. I mean... He's getting targets. He's probably going to end up with a touchdown at some point or another and could be could win you a week. So, but again, could lose you a week if he doesn't get the t- the, the catches. So, yeah. It's just it's very Tight ends are hard to Yeah. very hard to judge. Yeah. The next one, I mean, Hunter Henry, a rostered in 35.7% of leagues. Now, he had a little bit of a better game than uh Ricky Seals-Jones did. 19 points, eight targets though as well, six receptions, 75 yards and a touchdown. But, I mean, Hunter Henry, I mean, the Patriots tight end, they signed John with Smith. So, I mean, the whole thing with me has just been, which one are they going to throw to more? It's looking like it's going to be Hunter, Hunter Henry, Henry now. Yeah. I mean, he's had five-plus targets in the last three games, 10-plus points in the last two games. I mean, obviously, this could just be two weeks where he had some good looks, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, Hunter Henry, he was good with the Chargers the last couple of years before yeah, he, he was pretty fantasy relevant he's just been kind of injury prone so i mean that's kind of the main downfall there but yeah rostered in 35.7 percent of leagues so i mean he could be definitely a pickup there i mean mac jones if he's gonna rely on the tight ends a bit more i mean eight targets is eight targets that's yeah. the whole thing if you get targets you're probably gonna get some points from it so yeah, i feel like bill Belichick always tries to get the tight ends pretty involved yeah he definitely does i mean yeah we saw it with gronk and hernandez back in the day i mean haven't really seen the two tight end pair ups like that. I mean, we saw Martellus Bennett was with them for a bit or whatever. It's just kind of been a carousel of tight ends, but yeah, they've all kind of been there. They use like, they had that Izzo guy too. I mean, they all just Lacoste. They have just a whole bunch of tight ends that they just, yeah, they use all over the place. So, 
But yeah, Hunter Henry clearly emerging as probably the top tight end for that offense. So definitely could be worth a waiver wire pickup. I mean, these are all kind of like if you have George Kittle or uh, Logan Thomas who are now on IR and you need a guy, any four of these guys possibly could be your choice. I mean, obviously, if Dawson Knox or Dalton Schultz are available still, go out and pick them up because they both were our waiver wire last week, had phenomenal weeks again this week for tight ends at least. I mean, and tight ends just aren't doing all that well. So, I mean, those two guys right there, they had great weeks again, and I think they're going to keep up those two guys being Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz. I just kept them off this this list right here because they're both rostered in over 50% of leagues now. So, if they're available and you need a tight end, definitely want to pick up one of those guys. But uh, other tight end too, rostered in less than 50%, way less than 50%, Dan Arnold. Talked about him a while back when he got traded to Jacksonville, but rostered in 1.3% of leagues. Again, a tight end with eight targets on the week. 64 yards, six receptions, 10 fantasy points. Like I said, he was traded to Jacksonville just recently this season, and it's going to take a little bit for him to get used to the offense. I mean, I think this is like his second game, his oh, like yeah. first full week, I think, with the Jaguars or something. So, yeah, I think that that's definitely going to be a upside there. I mean, Dan Arnold, he's a tall dude, can catch the ball. He's all right. If he gets more looks, he gets more fantasy relevance. So, eight targets, again, that's what I look at. Those eight targets is just kind of the key number there. Um, the next tight end to the best fantasy performance of any tight end this week and i mean of course of any of my waiver wire candidates previous or like any of these guys that i just named so far this episode but david njoku rostered in 1.6 percent of leagues tight end for the browns for those of you who do not know he had seven receptions on seven targets 149 yards one touchdown 29 fantasy points on the week my only question mark is is he going to keep getting the looks yeah I mean, this is just a shootout game. Is it a fluke? Is it going to happen again? Exactly. I mean, Odell Beckham only had two receptions for 20 yards. I mean, Baker Mayfield wasn't was just kind of spreading the ball around. They were doing whatever they could to try to win that game. I mean, obviously, he, he had a good game. They lost, but still, they scored a lot of points. So, I mean, if you're Kevin Stefanski, you're thinking, how can I get David Njoku more involved in the offense. I mean, at least that's what I would be thinking. Yeah. The dude is a former first-round pick out of Miami, the U. And uh, he just he hasn't been all that great. He's had his decent games, ups and downs, been injury-prone. But, yeah, he had a, I think he had, like, a 20-point performance week one, two. Then he had, like, three. Didn't play one week. Then he had, like, one, two, whatever. And then now he has this performance again. So, I mean, the inconsistency, do, yeah. the inconsistency. Yeah, it's very he's very inconsistent. And especially with that Browns offense, I mean, they're going to run the ball when they can and they're going to keep running the ball when they can. I mean, yeah. they're not going to pass unless they're behind and they need to win the game or need to try to win the game. So, yeah, David Njoku, I mean, great performance this week. And yeah, if you're looking at a tight end to pick up, he's probably going to be the one guy that you're like, ooh, I need to get me him because he's going to score this many points. Probably not. Yeah. He's probably, probably gonna have. Again. He's probably gonna have three points next week. He might not even have twenty nine points the rest of the season. Yeah, that is. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. We'll just have to wait and see. But I mean, hopefully, it's not just a one game fluke. I mean, obviously, we saw it earlier in the season. But yeah, the inconsistency is there with him. So I'm just. I'm concerned. 
I don't know. I just maybe you pick him up as a tight or a second tight end, yeah, as a third backup, tight maybe. end. Maybe he blows up again. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see how that goes. But now on to drop candidates. I mean, there's not very many of these guys at this point, but uh, just kind of going off the waiver wire. You're gonna have some guys you want to pick up, so you're probably gonna want to drop a guy or two. But I mean, there's very not very many people you really should be dropping at this point. But I mean. And even Derek Carr, too. He's kind of one of those guys that you probably shouldn't be dropping him at this point. He's, he's had a good start to the season, 20-plus performance, 20-plus fantasy points in weeks one through three, and then a combined 20 fantasy points in weeks four through five. I mean, he had like 13 and then 13 last week, seven points this week. Just not a last, not a good last two weeks for Derek Carr. Yeah, not at all. They've been uh, defenses have been able to put pressure on him. They're just showing that that's his kryptonite, and that once you put pressure on him, he doesn't know what to do with the ball. Like he just doesn't know how to play quarterback when you put pressure on him. So I mean, that's just not good. That they now have a game plan to everyone has really a game plan to beat the Raiders. That's if you can get pressure on him. So I mean. Yeah. Yeah, Derek Carr is a good quarterback when he doesn't have pressure. If he's playing one of the worst pass rushes, pass rush defenses in the league, you know, uh, I mean, he might be worth a start, but I don't know. I mean, There's again, a lot better options, I think. Yeah, but it's again, too, it's like if you're dropping Derek Carr, it's like you probably want to pick up a quarterback, but it's like I don't I couldn't really name another quarterback that you would want to pick up instead. I mean, maybe Jameis Winston because of those four games he's going to be going on. Yeah, and if you uh, have like if Derek Carr is your starter, you're probably not dropping him. But if he's your backup or something, you could definitely pick up one of these other guys. Yeah, just to kind of hope for something else there. Yeah, I mean it's just a slow start. I mean it is only two games that he's struggled now, but I mean it's it's a drop off. He started out real hot and has slowed down. So I mean maybe the slowdown continues maybe he speeds back up and they get back into normal or maybe this is their new normal yeah who knows just a guy i'm concerned about and i might be dropping for another quarterback this week but on to the running backs i mean i was really looking at running backs and i mean Kenyon drake's one of the guys obviously should be dropped i mean if you have another guy to pick up that's the whole thing if you have another guy to pick up obviously you want to drop these guys but any texans running back so far has just been horrendous. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Mark Ingram as a waiver wire candidate week one, I believe, because he had like 20 carries. But no, he, I mean, he has been getting the majority of the carries for the Texans, but he's not even the best running back fantasy-wise on that offense. I mean, he's the 51st running back on or in fantasy. And then there's David Johnson, the 48th running back. And then Philip Lindsay, the 59th running back. All of those running backs are rostered in over 20% of leagues. I believe David Johnson's like 30, uh, Mark Ingram's like 25, and Phil Lindsay's like 22%, whatever. Don't matter, but still. Drop them. Yeah, drop those guys. I mean, Get rid of them. I don't care if they have one good week. It I could be the other guy the next week. It could be Mark Ingram one week, David Johnson the next week, and Phil Lindsay the other week. So I don't think you're starting any of these players, not even in a flex spot. No. Uh, yeah, no, I mean... Philip Lindsay, like, I mean, yeah, he's the one, obviously, really. I mean, he has not had any fantasy points at all, really, this season. I mean, David Johnson and Mark Ingram, too. They've had a decent game here and there, but still. It's There's just 47 better running backs than David Johnson. You think about it, in a 10-team yeah. league, Yeah, each, each yeah. maybe starts three of them. So that's 30 running backs. There's still 17 or 16 running backs between that that you could pick up in front yeah. of these guys. Yeah, no, it's yeah, those guys are just not doing good. That Texans offense, not good. Not good at all. So I mean, yeah, any one of those guys I would drop and pick up 
Devontae Booker, Daryl Williams, Khalil Herbert, any one of those guys, I would pick up and drop Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Phil Lindsay. Now on to the wide receiver drop candidates. I mean, there's we talked about Brandon Ayuk last week kind of being one of the drop candidates. And again, he had a very abysmal performance this week. So, I mean, I stand by that. But, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr., we had... He just hasn't been what he used to be. I mean, he had 13 points in his season debut in week three. And I mean, that's not great, especially for Odell Beckham. Like the name, name alone should get you 20 points, right? I mean, (laughs) it's just 13 points in his season debut in week three versus the Bears. And then he has had four points in weeks four and five. Very poor. It's very poor performance. I mean, obviously, you hope that it turns around, and it's hard to drop someone with the name of OBJ. Like, he's got that name. He's got the recognition. If someone, if you drop him in a league, it's probably going to be like someone texts people, oh, you dropped that guy? What the hell? Why would you drop him? You know, it's like, it's because he's doing garbage. Yeah. That's why. Or you could even throw him in a trade for a lower-end guy that could have more upside because the obj like you said the name alone yeah it could get you some value in a trade yeah you propose it to someone who's not all that into football or doesn't quite know the ins and outs or know stuff about football and like yeah obj is a name that yeah he's been in the league now for how many years it was that amazing catch his rookie year or whatever and he's just been a phenomenal wide receiver but he didn't really play well last year either i don't think yeah no and ever since he's been with the browns it's been just a just an absolute fart of a career for Odell Beckham and it's just sad to see that they're wasting his talent because they're clearly a better offense without him like Baker Mayfield thrives he thrives without Odell Beckham yeah and it's I mean I actually I should put together the numbers or like look up the numbers for next episode and try kind of actually figure that out exactly but yeah it's just Obviously, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham don't have a connection. There's something that's just wrong there, and just it's just not going well. They just they really should just trade him, get him somewhere else, so maybe he can revive his career. But it's I mean yeah, it's not even that he's a bad wide receiver. It's just the offense. The offense is not working to his benefit. Yeah, they like to run first. They like to run first, and that's what they're gonna do. They're going to run the ball, and they're gonna run the ball, and they're gonna run the ball again. Like it's just what it's gonna be. I mean, you'll have the games like David Njoku with seven receptions, 149 yards, and a touchdown. But I mean, the most fantasy relevancy has been by the tight ends in the Browns' offense, other than their running backs, obviously. Yeah. And I mean, and even those guys, it's like one week it's David Njoku, next week it's Hunter Henry or Hunter Bryant. The other week is Austin Hooper. It's just, there's three tight ends there that have just kind of been all back and forth. Yep. And, yeah. I just, I don't trust anyone other than Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in that Browns offense. So, OD, OBJ would be a, a drop for me if I had him. And I had a better wide receiver to pick up. So, next for the drop candidates is tight ends. And I wouldn't drop any tight ends right now. <laughs> um, I mean, unless you have, I mean, yeah, I just... Even if you have, like, Robert Tanyan, who hasn't been doing well, I feel like you just – it's hard to drop tight ends because any one week they could just do good. Yeah. And they could be playing a bad defense that allows a lot of points to tight ends, and then you could have a good week by them. So you just – you don't know. So, I mean, I have – I think I have three tight ends in one league just because I had the injury to Logan Thomas, and I had just question marks. Tight ends are all over the place. So, I mean, it's kind of good at this point in the season – to kind of have a couple of them to play or just when you play against or when they have their good matchups, you know, yeah. like 
if you have one one guy this week who's up against a good one, other bad, you know, just you start the good guy over the bad, obviously. Exactly, yeah. And it's just yeah, the tight ends just so like it's just such a question mark. Like even Travis Kelsey hasn't been doing that great this season. Yeah. He's been doing all right, obviously. It's Travis Kelsey, but I mean still it's like Dawson Knox is a top five tight end, Dalton Schultz is a top ten tight end too. Like it's just a very weird year for tight ends. I mean it is every year. Yeah, it changes from year to year. The only guarantees are usually Waller and Kelsey and they're kinda Yeah, they haven't been I mean, Waller had his good start to the season, but he hasn't been doing all that well, especially in this drop off with Derek Carr, but yeah, tight ends just all around a question mark. So I mean, I wouldn't drop any of them. Yeah, you know, yeah, I just wouldn't. So that is it for our waiver wire and drop candidates. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the TBJ Fantasy Football Podcast, and be sure to tune in tomorrow for our next episode where we will do our Week Six preview.